This is episode number 21 with Jasmina Aganovic. Welcome to the Melissa Ambrosini Show. I'm your host, Melissa, best-selling author of Mastering Your Mean Girl, and I'm here to remind you that love is sexy, healthy is liberating, and wealthy isn't a dirty word. Each week, I'll be getting up close and personal with thought leaders from around the globe to uncover the habits, mindsets, tools, and rituals that they have used to become world-class so that you can create epic change in your own life and become the best version of yourself possible. Are you ready, beautiful? Translating the hard science she learned earning degrees in biological and chemical engineering from MIT, skin health trailblazer Jasmina Agunovic is leading the conversation about microbiome innovations in consumer beauty products as the 29-year-old president of Mother Dirt, the world's first biome-friendly product line. Mother Dirt is the first mission-driven biotech startup to ever create a skin health product line that proactively restores and preserves the good bacteria naturally found on our skin. Now, all the Mother Dirt products are biome-friendly, preservative-free, and kid-safe and allow the users to cut down on products that could negatively impact both the natural state of our skin and the environment. Now, I personally love and use these products. They feel amazing on your skin, which is why I'm so excited for today's episode. In this episode today, we chat about what common skin issues such as eczema, acne, dryness, flakiness, sensitivities, oiliness, and body odor really mean and how you can prevent them. What toxic beauty and skincare products are doing to your health and why you need to ditch them. Why your skin microbiome is just as important as your gut microbiome and how you can preserve it for glowing skin. Why being too clean may be doing you more harm than good. What ammonia oxidizing bacteria are and why they are so important for our health and sexy skin. Why sweating is important how you can cut back on showering and your beauty regime and save time and still have glowing, dewy, sexy skin, plus so much more. Everything that we mention in today's episode, you can check out in the show notes, melissaambrosini.com forward slash 21. So let's dive into this beautiful conversation with Jasmina Aganovic. Yasmina, welcome. It is so great to have you. Thanks so much, Melissa. I'm excited to be chatting with you. Before we dive in, can you please tell us what you had for breakfast this morning? (laughs) I recently have gotten very into uh, turmeric poached eggs on uh, some gluten-free toast. Uh, And so that has been my breakfast the past few mornings. I'm really enjoying making that. (laughs) Oh, delicious. I'm coming over. You're welcome to whenever. I am so excited for our conversation because I personally grew up with eczema and it's something that's so common these days. Some other common skin issues are acne, dry and flaky skin, sensitive skin, blotchiness, roughness, oily and odors. Why is that? What is going on? I think a lot of people are trying to answer that exact question. Uh, And it certainly is a time that is filled with irony, right? Because we're cleaner than ever. We have more products and quote unquote solutions than ever. And yet we never seem to solve many of those problems that uh, we might be dealing with. And in fact, they're affecting more and more people. So something seems to to be uh, awry. There seems to be this really critical missing piece Um, and you know, this is why many people have become much more interested in, in natural products. And so we've been hearing more and more, and certainly that as a category is here to stay. It's really dominated, but these issues are still growing and it doesn't necessarily solve all of our problems. So it poses that exact question. What the heck is, uh, is going on? Um, and the, the field that I'm in, we spend a lot of time looking at actually bacteria. 
um, the thing that we have ended up uh, a, a kind of villainizing uh, for for decades and uh, and beyond. Um, and in fact, bacteria could be the reason, both good and bad, for some of these issues. Mm, okay. So you mentioned we are cleaner than ever. I know a lot of people who use those highly toxic sanitary gels and wipes and sprays and all of those products. So what are they actually doing to our skin and to our bacteria? Yeah, so hand sanitizers and anything that is labeled as antibacterial has become increasingly popular because, you know, we we hate germs, we hate bacteria, and bacteria is disgusting, and it's what makes us sick. Um, but in, in fact, we're learning that um, the bacteria that, you know, cause these issues that we're concerned of is actually the very, very, very small minority of all of the other microorganisms that exist in, on, and around us. Uh, And in fact, many of them, we don't even know what they do yet. Um, And several of them seem to actually play a beneficial role. So when we use products like that, or when we take something like an antibiotic, uh, you're getting rid of the bad, but you are also getting rid of a lot of the good. And much of the field is starting to look into um, what actually happens when you start getting rid of the good and and the bad and and potentially uh, ways to treat uh, certain issues with more of this kind of rebalancing or uh, good bacteria, if you will. Now, I only use 100% organic, natural skin and beauty products as well as your amazing products because I know that our skin is our largest organ and whatever we use topically gets absorbed straight into our bloodstream. And today, most beauty products and skincare products are full of harmful, toxic chemicals that wreak havoc on our health. But at Mother Dirt, you guys create products that preserve the skin microbiome. Now, we talk a lot about gut microbiome here on the show, but can you tell us about skin microbiome and why it's just as important as our gut microbiome and the link between the microbiome of the skin and the gut? Can you tell us about that? Oh, absolutely. Um, There's so many relevant parallels between the gut and the skin so to give you a few examples, uh, in, in the gut, we're used to this idea of um, needing certain types of bacteria, probiotics, and eating things like sauerkraut or consuming probiotic supplements or eating other fermented foods and, and yogurt and such, uh, consuming those things to be able to have a healthy and balanced digestive system. Well, the same is true on our skin. It turns out that our skin also has an ecosystem that also needs certain types of micro organisms in order to function properly. Um, Another example of a similarity is that an imbalance in the digestive system can can cause serious disease and serious issue, and it's looking like that is exactly the same thing that could happen on the skin. So the skin microbiome is very similar to the gut microbiome in the sense that it is an ecosystem. So we have this ecosystem inside of us called the gut microbiome, and we have this ecosystem uh, that exists on us, which is called the skin microbiome. Now, how these two are are potentially linked or how the skin microbiome is potentially linked to other aspects of our systemic health is an area of really exciting research right now. And uh, there is a lot left to be discovered. And I think a lot of questions around exactly what it could mean. But I'll give you one example uh, that was done by a group at, at the University of Pennsylvania uh, they did a study uh, that uh, kind of linked the skin microbiome to the immune system. Uh, and the analogy that I'll give is that um, this study potentially showed that this ecosystem that exists on our skin kind of serves like the eyes and ears of our immune system. Uh, So it's a very important way for the inside of our body to communicate with the outside world and the environment around us, right? To be able to tell whether or not that there is anything dangerous. 
However, when we are constantly sterilizing our skin or using incredibly toxic chemicals on our skin, we are, just like we talked about a little bit earlier, we are removing both the bad and the good bacteria, uh, and we are essentially... Uh, deafening and blinding these eyes and ears of our immune system. So when you do that, what you're essentially doing to your immune system is potentially putting it in this incredibly defensive state, right? Because it can't see, it can't hear. So it's just going to fight because that's the best way that it has to protect itself. And of course, what that fighting is, is is inflammation. Um, And this is why all of those things that you mentioned earlier, whether it was eczema or acne or even just really irritated skin, all of these things are tied to inflammation. So just one example of the early stage research that's potentially showing the major implications of one of the microbiomes of the human body. Wow. In my early 20s, when I used to use all of these toxic products because I didn't know, I I wasn't educated and no one told me that all of these products I was using were harmful. So I didn't have that knowledge. It wasn't until later in life that I educated myself and realized that I needed to kind of take a garbage bag into my bathroom cupboard and just dump everything. But I remember using some products and I'm curious to know if this is what you're talking about. I'd use these products on my face and my face would feel so tight and like squeaky clean almost. I'd stripped all of the good bacteria and I'd stripped all of the bad bacteria. So is that essentially what you're saying some of these products do? Yeah. So it's very common that uh, strong and really harsh surfactants like SLS or SDS, which are commonly known as, as uh, you know, you prefer to avoid them just because they are so strong, are actually toxic to uh, many of the microorganisms that exist on the skin because they are so strong. So in um, that same motion of kind of washing your skin with something that is very harsh, you're definitely going to be stripping the natural oils from your skin, and you will also be removing uh, this, this ecosystem that we were just talking about. Uh, so yeah, that is that is a good example and, and certainly an example that's likely destabilizing this, uh, this ecosystem as well. Yeah. And it affects everything, your immune system, your gut microbiome. Like you said, it just wreaks havoc everywhere. Yeah. And you know, the human body is so interconnected. I think that that's one of the things that, that a lot of people are actually very excited uh, to see happening in the medical and the research community right now is that we're, we're starting to recognize that our, our body is an ecosystem and that the human body is so much more interconnected than we had once expected. Uh, and that's, it's, a, it's a really neat time uh, to be able to see that happening and unfolding. And, and hopefully it will lead to some fascinating discoveries as well. Mm. What are AOBs and why are they so important? <laughs> so AOBs, we've shortened it for a reason because it's a mouthful to say, but uh, it stands for ammonia oxidizing bacteria. And this is a type of bacteria that exists in the soil. So if you're a fan of potted plants, uh, I, I live in Boston, so very, very urban here, uh, not much room for a garden, but I love, uh, I love plants and I have a lot of them. So every single pot that has soil in it does have AOBs. So AOBs are very uh, critical to the balance in nature, the balance of any ecosystem in nature. Uh, And this bacteria is really important to our company um, because it once existed on our skin. Uh, And so this is where a lot of our research is focused and, of course, uh, where we created our hero product from. I love your products. I think they're so beautiful. And I love just how much you guys have poured so much research into them and so much love. You can really tell that you guys are really passionate about bringing awareness to the chemicals that we're putting on and in our environment. Oh, thanks so much. That, uh, that really means a lot. Uh, we, have a, we have a good team uh, and we're having a really good time doing what we're, what we're doing. So thank you. <laughs> 
I hear a lot of people, they're quite skeptical about natural products and they're a bit scared to try them because they've been using these conventional products, whether it's skincare or hair care for so many years and they know that it performs how they want it to perform and they're scared to try something else because they think, oh, it might not perform. But how important is it? Like really, how important is it that we are really mindful of what we're putting on our bodies? Very. So many people um, might be a little bit skeptical. uh, And I I think that that's because when this category, this whole natural and organics category started to evolve, there was a lot of progress that needed to be made on the, the chemistry side in order to make these products pleasant to use, feel luxurious, feel sophisticated. And then, of course, at the end of the day, they needed to be efficacious too. And I think um, in the beginning, there were many products that fell short. And so people sort of felt like there was a compromise that needed to be made. It's like you either go for the quote-unquote bad stuff and it's going to solve your problem and it's going to work great and you'll get the results that you want, or you can go natural but you're not going to get as great results and it's not going to feel as, as nice. Uh, and cosmetic chemistry has come such a long way. So that is less and less and less of a compromise. In fact, I would say that you, you probably don't have to compromise anymore at all. Uh, which is why I, I think that it's worth the investment to find another alternative that works for you. And you don't have to completely overhaul your routine in the same day. If anything, you should always kind of start slow. So choose one thing and it could even just be small, find something that really works. And then the next month or two months from now, find something else. Uh, That's a, a pretty worthy stepwise way to start transitioning over. I was the opposite. I was the person that just went into the bathroom with a massive garbage bag. (laughs) And I just, this was years ago, maybe like seven years ago now, I just took a big garbage bag into my bathroom and I worked in film and TV at the time. So I would be gifted so many products all the time. And I literally just put it all in a bin bag and I didn't even want to give it to anyone else. I I had this huge bag and I was like, well, I don't want to give these toxic chemicals to anyone. So I was kind of like, what do I do with it? I literally saw a dramatic difference in my skin. I have had, like I said before, I have dealt with eczema all my life. And then I had acne, sensitivity, dry skin, flaky skin, blotchiness, oiliness. I've experienced all of it. And since removing those toxic chemicals, I saw a dramatic difference. And of course, there's a whole other host of things that I did as well. You know, I really healed my gut, which I'm, you know, still working on. And I started using some of your products and I've seen such a massive difference. And, you know, you can either, do what I did and take in a big garbage bag into your bathroom. Or like you said, you can kind of just, when one thing runs out, replace it with another healthier option. And I think it's really important to note that we vote with our dollar. And every time we are purchasing a toxic product, whether it be a skincare, shampoo, makeup, perfume, you're actually saying, I believe in that product, that company, that brand, their ethos. I believe in that. And you're fueling it. It's same with the food we eat. I really want to encourage everyone to be super mindful of that. Every time you hand over some money or your card, you were saying that I believe in this. Yeah. And Melissa, what was your, what was the trigger? Uh, what was the, the, like the watershed moment for you that triggered that, that moment where you walked in to your bathroom with that garbage bag and, and got rid of all of those products? I ended up in hospital in 2010 and wow. had a yeah and had a whole host of health issues and I started to clean up my diet and became obsessed with 
nourishing my body with the highest quality food and supplements that I could. And that was kind of Pandora's box for me. I then was introduced to the power of your thoughts and went down that avenue of yoga and meditation and personal development and spirituality. And then, of course, when you are living a very spiritual yogic type life, it's only a matter of time before you read something about products that you're putting. Well, it kind of makes sense when you are eating organic, beautiful, nourishing food. And then I was lathering my body in these toxic perfumes. It didn't make sense to me. And I'm a very all or nothing person. So I just literally was like, oh my gosh, okay, cool. I can see that these are harming me and my body. And I was like, okay, I'm going to go do it. I now am very, very simple with what I use and what I do because I just think natural beauty needs to shine through and your products allow our skin to really glow and flourish. Yeah, and isn't it so interesting how we've been programmed to believe that we need all of those things in order for our skin to just be normal? Totally. When you think about glowing, really what you're thinking about is healthy, right? Mm-hmm. That you are evoking this, this state of, of health and, and, and radiance, however you want to call it. And it's so fascinating to me that you see all of these things for, um, you know, for, for makeup and, you know, these 10-step routines all to look normal and healthy. It's very interesting how far we've gotten away from this sort of uh, natural balanced state of, of the skin, the way that we evolved to be, right? Before we started to meddle and, and interfere. Um, so it, it, is a, it is a really interesting sort of conversation to have and also um, uh, like a, an analysis of um, un, unlearning or unprogramming a little bit of what we've been told, uh, you know, not only by society, but marketing messages and, and so so on and so forth. Very good marketing or brainwashing, as I like to call it. <laughs> yes. But yeah, and especially when you are, you know, in your early 20s and as a young teenager, I just thought, okay, I've got to do all of these things. And I actually had one of my friends say, this was literally when I was 18 years old, start using anti-wrinkle cream now and you won't have wrinkles later. And I was like, brilliant. This is amazing. I was like, I am onto it. And so I started using these really expensive, highly toxic wrinkle creams around my eyes and I was getting red rashes. My eyes, I'd wake up puffy. My eyes were so sensitive and sore and they stung and I was in so much pain. Like I'd go to bed at night with ice packs on my eyes and still it didn't click. It's so funny that you say that. I kid you not. I have such a similar story. I was in high school. So I was, you know, probably around that age, maybe even a little bit younger. And I had also made the same decision that I wanted to avoid wrinkles forever. So I was going to start using uh, anti-aging products uh, right then and there. And that day I decided and I went to the store and I bought a product that had some sort of over-the-counter version of, uh, of, of retinol and I started using it around my eyes and same thing happened. It got red, it got really parched, really dry. I ended up having to go to the doctor and the doctor like looked at me like I was crazy. Like, what are you doing? You're a teenager. Why are you using this product? I mean, it was, it was absurd, but you were in that mental space at that time and that, that, at, at, in some way, shape, or form, you believed that that was what you needed to do. It's, it's very interesting. Is that where your journey started? Kind of. Uh, while I was a teenager, I also struggled with, with really bad skin, and that made me interested in the products that I was using. My skin was, ironically, my skin was fine, and I never thought about uh, like cleansing my skin. I just would use plain water, and my skin was totally fine. And then I found out that my friends were using these fancy cleansers. And so I started playing around with all of these cleansers and, um, that I didn't really need. And fast forward a year and I started getting uh, really bad acne. And that ended up being something that I struggled with for several years and did 
I mean, you name it, everything from, uh, from antibiotics to peels to all sorts of things, uh, you know, over the counter DIY, I, I, I tried it. Um, but you know, as terrible as that journey is, um, and, you know, I think people who really struggle with skin related issues, especially if it takes place on your face, it can definitely have a big impact on, on your self-esteem and your outlook and all of those things, which at the fragile time of being a teenager is definitely really tough. But at that time, if you were to look at it as, you know, a blessing in disguise or, or however you want to call it, I, I tend to be an optimist by nature. So, um, you know, it did pique this curiosity of, uh, you know, what am I putting on my skin? What could be causing this? And I started looking at all of the ingredients and learning about what new innovation was coming out. And I ended up cultivating this very organic interest in cosmetic chemistry and products and this industry that I think is endlessly creative and fascinating. Um, But it wasn't until later in college that I uh, very coincidentally connected the dots between, you know, what I was studying and the fact that I could apply it to this field that I was, um, you know, really, really passionate about. And then how was Mother Dirt birthed? Yeah, that is it's a very interesting story. So um, uh, my colleague, uh, David Whitlock, uh, he is a chemical engineer from MIT as well. Um, he was on a date. Uh, this is such a cute story. He was on a date, and the woman uh, is a, was a horseback rider. And uh, David prides himself on being very knowledgeable about a lot of things. So he loves challenges to answer questions and, uh, you know, kind of show you how how much he knows. Uh, And so she asked him about her horses. She had made a really interesting observation about her horses, that her horses rolled in the dirt at a very specific time of the year. And so most people would think, um, you know, what what a benign question. Why would anyone necessarily care about that? But David found this question to be really, really interesting. Um, he, of course, initially thought that it was uh, insects, uh, like you know, many people might think that that would be the, the first thing that comes to mind. Uh, but she said, no, actually, the insects aren't even present until the summertime, which is several months later, and she was looking at the early springtime. And uh, David found this to be really fascinating. And so he started um, doing research in, uh, into the soil. And uh, he started to realize that all mammals, um, if you have a dog or a cat, you have probably seen them roll in the dirt. Um, Chickens roll in the dirt. Elephants roll in the dirt. All mammals have this evolved behavior to roll in the dirt. And he thought that this was so fascinating because if they evolved with that need, then it must be pretty important. So uh, fast forward, uh, David had was looking for connections between the soil and mammalian skin. And he came across this bacteria, the ammonia oxidizing bacteria that we were talking about before. Um, So David wanted to form a company uh, to research uh, this bacteria. And so the company was formed as a biotech. So I I joined David uh, in 2014. And really the idea at that point was to see if we could create a consumer-facing brand uh, with the mission to do exactly what we're doing right now, have a conversation with the general public about this topic of being too clean and changing our relationship with the microbial world, really making this a community-driven mission, uh, much more so than it ever really was about uh, the product specifically. It was definitely about um, having the conversation first and using the product as a, as a really neat vehicle for people to engage and, and interact with us. Um, so uh, I, I joined in 2014 and essentially uh, spent that first year building the brand, figuring out how we were going to manufacture this, this product. Uh, this live bacteria being put in a bottle is no easy, easy feat. Uh, and then Mother Dirt launched officially in uh, July of 2015. So it's been almost two years. Mm, wow. And so you have four products and a few of them have to be refrigerated and you have to get rid of them after a month because once they're opened, they are live bacteria. So just like probiotics that you buy at the health food store and you keep in the fridge, this is because inside the bottles, they are living organisms and they are alive. Is that correct? 
That is right. So our AO plus mist, the product that this all started with that contains that bacteria, the AOB, which we call the peacekeeper bacteria, by the way, because of um, the, the role that it plays in nature and also on the skin um, that is in, in that bottle. So it is, it is the first, I believe, living product, um, definitely the only product with uh, ammonia oxidizing bacteria in it. Um, but yeah, it is, it is very living. And you spray that directly on your skin. That's right. So the bacteria, this is creepy, but I think it is so cool. And I think most people uh, find it cool as well. Uh, they, they feed off of your sweat. Uh, so the more you sweat, the better they do. Um, uh, I don't know how many people are, are familiar with uh, what, is compri- what our sweat is comprised of, but it's mostly water. And then some parts of it are um, ammonia and urea. And these are the things that are irritating to our skin. It's the whole reason, actually, we're told to wash our skin. It's because if these things sit on the skin surface for too long, the pH of the skin will rise and the skin can get very irritated. So a good example of what might happen is uh, a diaper rash. Um, So the baby's bum gets really sweaty under the diaper and there's all sorts of other stuff that happens. But basically, if you don't change the diaper, even if there's no mess that happens in there, um, the baby will get a diaper rash. And this is very much so driven by just the, the bum getting very sweaty. So the bacteria feed off of that sweat and they convert it back into good things for your skin. So they are these little living machines that are on the surface of your skin 24-7 doing this job, taking the good, taking the bad and converting it back into the good. It's kind of like an interesting uh, recycling process. <laughs> now, I'm curious to know, I'm not a big sweater. I don't, I'm not one of those people that drip. You know, I almost, I almost envy those people because let me tell you why I go to the gym, right? And there's girls next to me and they're dripping with sweat and I'm like completely dry. And I think people must think I do nothing. Like they think I must be slacking (laughs) off and doing no work, but why are some people sweatier than others? And can you tell us about odors? Because you guys say that if you think you don't sweat enough, think again. Tell us about the difference, why some people sweat more than others, and and are we meant to be smelly, and are we meant to sweat profusely? Yeah, yeah, great question. Um, I don't know that people know the answer about why certain people sweat more than others. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if a component of it is genetic Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if a component of it is potentially even dietary. Um, You know, I think David uh, David Whitlock, uh, my colleague that I was mentioning before, his theory, and these are really just theories, is uh, that it's it's a biological response mechanism for the body. Um, so it's the body's way of, of responding to something. So, um, uh, you know, he, he, he believes that, that angle and we can kind of go, go down that, that thought process if, if that interests you a little bit more. Um, but I, I, I don't know, and I don't think anyone really knows, but I think it varies from person to person, whether or not you sweat more or less is not necessarily a, a good or a bad thing. Um, there's no, uh, like issue, uh, with it. There are very specific, interesting diseases associated with sweat. There's certainly some people who have a diagnosed uh, issue. Uh, I think it's called hyperhidrosis where they just sweat a lot and it actually impacts their life. So that's definitely on one end of the spectrum, but in the grand scheme of the general population, sweating more or less, um, is, it, it has not been linked to any sort of major health issues. Uh, and even if you think you're not a sweater, you're still sweating. It just, uh, it just isn't as obvious to you. Now you guys say that once you've used your products for a while, you can actually reduce the amount of showers or incorporate a no soap or a reduced soap hygiene routine. Why is that? And I'd like to know how often do you personally shower? Yeah. So this is one of those interesting things that it got us on people's radar because people thought that it was just so preposterous. Um, you know, this idea of, of uh, you know, cutting down on the length of your showers or, you know, you don't really hear about a skincare brand talking about that. Um, and to set the context uh, for the answer of your question, you know, we've been talking for about a decade 
generally uh, about how we can make better products, right? The general public has been more interested in this idea of products that are better for, for them, for their skin, for their families, and so on and so forth. And of course, this matters to us as well. Um, but we are having a slightly different conversation. We are asking the question, why are we using so many products to begin with? And this idea that we have cultivated these incredibly rigorous hygiene routines is something that we want to question and just uh, raise our hand and say, hey, is this, is this actually the best way to be healthy? Is it actually even, even necessary? Um, so I'll, I'll start with little kids and, and answering your question. So um, certainly there are days where little kids get filthy. I mean, they play outside and they are all muddy and dirty, which by the way is great if they're playing outside and they get that dirty. Um, however, the sad truth of most kids these days is that they don't spend that much time outdoors. And not only that, but they don't actually get that filthy. Um, so a kid goes from the home to, you know, the car seat in the car to school where they're there pretty much all day and they don't spend time really outdoors anymore, back into the car, in the car seat, and then back home. And then at the end of every single day, um, you know, the parents will lather the kid up head to toe. It's not really necessary, right, is, is, is the question. Probably plain water will, will be plenty in, in that scenario, especially because the, the, the child probably <laughs> did not get that dirty throughout the day. Hand hygiene is different. We always want to make sure that we're washing our hands and using good soap to be able to do that. But this idea of applying rigorous hygiene routines to the entirety of our body, every square inch of our skin, um, should, should be questioned, should be paused on a little bit. Um, I, I personally shower every single day unless I'm feeling really lazy. And I think we all have those moments, right? Um, but generally I, I tend to shower every single day. Uh, people at our company, um, shower regularly, but definitely the biggest shift that people notice is maybe they don't take as long of showers. Um, so because their routine is not as elaborate in, um, in the shower, they can cut down on the time that they're there. Um, people are able to shampoo their hair less, um, and in general, reduce the number of products that they're using. So going back to that original question at the beginning, you know, we are asking the question, why are we using so many products to begin with? And the fact that by using something like the mist, you can cut out, um, from the studies that we've done about two and a half products from your routine. For some people that's deodorant for others, that's moisturizer, um, that's a, that's a big deal. You're cutting out, uh, certain chemicals in your day to day. I think every new product that you add, you're adding an additional 13 to 15 chemicals a day, um, to your routine. Um, so, uh, the, that's the angle of, of benefits, um, that our users see. Um, and of course there are extreme cases of, you know, people who are hiking and they're not going to have access to showers or something more serious, like individuals who are bedridden and, um, you know, taking showers or taking a bath is, is, is dangerous for them and not immediately accessible. Um, and those are individuals who have also enjoyed using the mist for that specific case. Growing up, I remember lathering my body in those bubbly, soapy suds, every inch of my body. And now I have a stepson who is 11 and we say pits and bits. And so he gets in the shower and he puts a tiny bit of soap, literally, and this is, you know, a tiny, tiny amount, like very, very small. And he does pits and bits and I, and you know, I say it quite quickly and I want him in and out of the shower. We try and time it to like one or two minutes and I'm like, get in, out, just do pits and bits and jump out. And he, and that's how I shower too. And we almost like make it a little competition who can be the quickest. Not only, you know, I, I, you know, not only are you saving on the products, you're saving on water, but if you're showering in, I mean, we have a whole filter on our entire house, but a lot of places don't. And there's chlorine and fluoride and all sorts of nasty chemicals in the water in some areas. And it's going straight onto your skin. Sometimes if I'm in a hotel and there's no filter and you can smell the chlorine in the water and it's, it's disgusting. So, you know, I personally shower uh, once a day. Um, I also live right on the beach. So sometimes that's my shower. I get in the ocean and on the school holidays, 
Leo, you know, will say to me, do you realize I haven't showered in about five days? And I'm I'm like, some people must think I am like the worst stepmom ever for not making him shower. But he has dealt as well. He was cesarean born and had a whole host of health issues from eczema and asthma and ear infections and things like that from a very young age. And since I have implemented shorter showers and only one a day and just him doing pits and bits, Many years ago when I first came into his life, he was lathering it all over his body, like lathering soap. And so I was like, okay, we're going to try something else and we're going to tr- we're going to swap soaps and we're going to do this. His eczema has completely cleared up and he used to have it all down the backs of his legs and down his arms, the little darling. And it was red raw and would bleed because he would scratch it. He has been eczema free now for about a year and a half. I swear it's from, you know, doing all these different things. I'm curious to know your perspective on the ocean and the natural biome in nature, specifically in the ocean, because when I get out of the ocean, my skin feels amazing. So what what's going on there? It's so interesting you say this, first of all, because ammonia oxidizing bacteria The reason it once existed on our skin is because we human beings were much more immersed in the natural environment than we are today as as modern human beings. We were walking barefoot. We were swimming in lakes, rivers, streams, oceans, and we were constantly inoculating ourselves with this bacteria. But over the course of the last 50 to 100 years, we are spending less and less time outdoors. And on top of that, We've introduced all of these exogenous products into our day-to-day, and we've removed this bacteria, and obviously we've affected our skin microbiome, but um, you know, it's, it's no wonder uh, spending time outside or you, know, you taking a swim in the ocean and you feel great is, uh, is not surprising at all. Is, is really not. Um, in fact, there's um, a, a well-known um, a barber here in Boston And Men's Health just did an article on him. And and the article was very provocative because he said he doesn't use shampoo and he has great hair. And he talked about the the very uh, dramatic responses that he gets on either end of the spectrum from his clients when he tells them to uh, stop basically shampooing their hair. So I think for men, it's very different from, from women. But the article was so well written because he said very matter of fact things like, Think about how great your skin looks and feels when you're camping for a few days. Think about how great your hair looks and feels when you're outside or outdoors or have just gone, you know, surfing. Uh, and it's it's so true. There are certain things like that that it, it's it's less is more uh, kind of in practice, right? Where something seems to rebalance, something just seems to to feel to feel right. Um, so you know, with our product, it, it is a little bit funny to be able to say we're kind of giving people a modern way to to mimic what we were once doing before aka being outside um because not everyone is is you know as lucky as as you are for example to have the the ocean right there um but uh it it's a it's a more modern way to be able to sort of mimic what we would naturally be be going through especially if we don't have access to it Well, since I've stopped using all of those highly toxic products, I used to have to wash my hair every second day. I now wash my hair once a week with your products. And my hair, you know, I I don't color it. I get it cut every eight weeks. I also take my own shampoo to and conditioner to the salon. There are organic hair salons that use beautiful products that I know of, but if you don't want to go to an organic or sustainable salon because you love the way that your hairdresser cuts your hair, you can take your own shampoo and conditioner and say, hey, would you mind using this? When I first did that, I I was a little bit embarrassed and I thought he is going to think I'm an absolute loony. And he was like, this is great. Oh my gosh, what is this? This was your products. Oh my gosh, what is this? Tell me about it. And it sparked this amazing conversation. And since then, he has looked into 
different products that he can get in the salon that are a little less toxic than what most people are used to. So yeah, now I personally, I wash once a week and that is really only because it gets quite knotty because I have very, very long hair. And I, it's, it's one of the ways that I have to detangle, but most, you know, I swim in the ocean every day. So for me, it's like, that's my bath. It's so beautiful. So we've spoken about the mist. You guys have the shampoo. Can you tell us about your other two products? Sure. The other two products are a cleanser and a moisturizer. Um, and The shampoo, the cleanser, and the moisturizer, that trio, so the products outside of the mist, are different in the sense that they they don't contain that bacteria that is in the mist, but they are formulated to be friendly to this ecosystem on the skin that we've been talking about. So they are what we call biome-friendly, if you will. Uh, And they're not products that you have to use in order to see results with the mist. In fact, we tell everyone that if you're just going to choose one, choose the mist. We're not uh, telling you to, you know, take some sort of four-step process. Just if you're going to choose one thing, just go for the mist. If you find that you want to start making swaps in the rest of your routine, this is really what those products are there for if you want to start switching switching things out. Um, going along with the less is more philosophy, our cleanser is actually uh, something you can use on both your face and body. Um, so going along with the idea of, uh, just using soap on areas that you need it and not necessarily lathering up head to toe. Uh, and then the moisturizer is, um, is similarly formulated in that you only use it on the areas that you need it. So if you find that you typically have dry skin on your face, you would use it there, uh, or on your hands or other dry patches on your body. Um, both of the products I mean, all of our products, uh, first of all, are formulated specifically for sensitive skin. Um, We do uh, rigorous testing to ensure that they are. Um, And one other important thing that I'll add about all of our products that is uncommon in the industry is that they are all preservative-free. And so preservatives have certainly gotten a lot of slack over the the last few years, Uh, but the reason we chose to omit them um, is not necessarily because we believe that they're quote-unquote toxic or bad or something like that. It's because we have found them to have an impact on the skin microbiome. So any preservative uh, is meant to be antibacterial because it's in there so that the product can sit on the shelf so that no bacteria grows in it. But if you think about the effect of slathering and lathering several products, all of which have preservatives on your skin multiple times a day over the course of several years, uh, that is going to have a pretty significant effect, if not immediately after a, a, a period of time. Uh, and so we don't formulate any of our products with preservatives because preservatives, as far as we know, are not biome-friendly. So our cleanser, our shampoo, and our moisturizer um, all come with a, with a shelf life after you start using the product. The mist also does not contain a preservative because it would kill the bacteria. Um, but the mist has a shelf life because it is a living product similar to yogurt, for example. I'm curious to know what results can we see from using these products? It depends on uh, where you are at in terms of what your goals are, or what you might be struggling with. And the reason it isn't as straightforward of a question to answer is because of the nature of the product. So starting with the mist, when we talk about it being a peacekeeper and rebalancing your skin, this means if you have oily skin, your skin will become less oily. If you have dry skin, your skin will become less dry. If you have sensitive skin, your skin will become less sensitive. Uh, So it really helps bring things back to a, a normal or a steady state for your skin. And uh, the benefits are not only that, but also what ends up being a a cascade or a domino effect from that. It's really the fact that your skin can do a lot better with less. So this is where we start to get into the, the routine simplification. So you're able to cut out a few products in your routine, or you're able to cut down significantly on some of those products in your routine. Uh, deodorant is a great example. About 60% of our users find that they can stop using deodorant. 
and the remainder find that they can at least use it fewer times per week. So instead of using deodorant every single day, they maybe only have to use it twice or three times a week. Um, so that's those are really the results that come along with using the the mist and uh, kind of adopting this idea of a biome friendly uh, routine. Again, personally, I don't use deodorant anymore. I don't feel I need to. I have a couple of really great, natural, organic, amazing ones that if I feel like, you know, I'd like to pop something on, I have access to that. But on a day-to-day basis, I don't wear it. And, you know, that used to be taboo. I think like five, six years ago, people would have thought that that was... um, you know, like they would have been shocked or disgusted by it. And more and more, there's this kind of closet community of people coming out and saying, I I don't wear deodorant because I don't need it. And there's this crazy statistic. It's something like 80% of people don't actually need to wear deodorant, but they do anyway. And it's because we've been so programmed um, to, to need it. Um, and you're, uh, you were telling a story earlier about, uh, is it Leo? Who's your, who's your son? Mm-hmm. So about how he said, Oh, did you know, I, I haven't showered in, in five days. Right. And you had, you had no idea. So I, uh, remembered this really funny video we were filming and it was, um, a husband and wife couple, and we were asking them about their personal care routines. And so the, the wife, as far as women go, actually had a pretty a pretty simple routine. She was already really smart about the things that she had cut out and what she was using, but there was certainly a list of products there. And her husband, who, you know, looked very polished, very put together, you know, you could definitely say that he may be you would have expected him to have a much more cultivated routine than he actually did. Was very open about the fact that he doesn't use shampoo, actually rarely uses soap never uses deodorant. And his wife had no idea. It was so funny how she started looking at him. She was like, I had no idea you didn't use soap. And they had this conversation on camera about, she was quizzing him and it's, it's incredible. They share the same bathroom. They live in the same home and she, they had just never discussed their soap using routines. And she was blown away by the fact that her own husband just doesn't really use soap unless he feels like he needs to. It was it was it was so amazing and very entertaining seeing that unfold. But your story reminded me of that because, you know, in, in, very often we don't we don't need to do as much as as we think we do um, in order to just maintain and be clean. Mm, I absolutely agree. I would love to know what is one book that you would put in every single high school around the world and why. Uh, that's a good question. Um, I'm sure if I thought more, I would have a lot to, to say about it. But the first book that comes to mind is, um, it's called the dirt on clean. Uh, and it is a really fascinating anthropological study on our relationship with cleanliness. It's so interesting. And, um, how, how tied cleanliness has been at different points in time in history to religion and how that's impacted, uh, uh, modern perceptions and, um, uh, pop culture references to cleanliness. Um, it, it's a, it's a really fascinating read and I think it'll, uh, it did for me make me look at, uh, how we view what clean is. Uh, a little bit, a little bit differently. Um, it's it's a really fascinating read, and that would probably be the first one that I would I would put on on that sort of list. Mm, thank you. I'll check that out. I would love to hear your daily routine. Are you at the point now where you just use the mist? I would love to know your morning routine and how you prime yourself for the day. <laughs> sure. Well, let's talk about what my routine was like before, because um, that I think that transition is is really interesting. Um, before I was, uh, I mean, I don't I don't want to make stereotypes, but I was probably more along the conventional side of a of a uh, uh, like a skincare beauty user. Of course, I was always very mindful of of what I was using and the ingredients, but I definitely had a well-cultivated routine that was comprised of, of multiple, multiple steps, everything from cleansers to toners, to scrubs, to masks, to all, all of that. And I was always very mindful of the ingredients. 
um, and, and what I was using, but definitely I felt like this was an, an, an intensive routine to maintain what I at the time believed was, um, balanced skin. Uh, however, fast forward to today, uh, I just use the mother dirt cleanser to wash my face in the morning. I spray my face with mist. Uh, I apply our moisturizer. Um, I, on, on days that it's sunny, I definitely use SPF. Uh, so I absolutely need to use SPF, especially cause I, I grew up in Florida. Um, and then I just have some concealer under my eyes and mascara and I'm, I'm good to go. Um, and that's, uh, like a, a 10 minute routine for me in the mornings, which is, uh, much different than what it was like before. And in the evenings, it's essentially the same thing, washing my face with the cleanser, spraying with the mist and applying our moisturizer. And that's it. I'm, I'm pretty done. Uh, and I've become so spoiled with that simplicity because now when I travel, I don't need to take a ton of product. Um, <clears throat> everything fits really neatly in, uh, in my carry on. Um, it's, uh, nice to not be able to block out that time in the morning or in the evening to, to, you know, go through a multi-step routine. The transition for me was also, uh, very uh, simple. I mean, I, uh, very similar to you, I went all in cause I was so fascinated by, uh, by what was going on. And I just dove right in, uh, you know, basically stopped using all of the things that I was using before, uh, wasn't, you know, we didn't have a moisturizer at the time. We, we hadn't formulated it and I was just using the mist. So this idea of just not using a moisturizer, something as simple as that was terrifying to me once again, cause you're so programmed to believe that you need it. Um, and you know, for three days, my skin felt like it needed something, but after three days, oh man, it never, it never looked back. Um, in the winter time, if it's harsh Boston winter, which they are very intense here and I find that my skin is dry, then I'll, I'll use that. But otherwise in the summertime, I definitely find that I can taper off and I'm in the process of doing so. Even as it's springtime here, I find that I need to use it less. And so I taper down and probably won't use our moisturizer throughout the summer. Mm, I was recently on a speaking event and got to my hotel and one of the other girls came into my room and as I was unpacking and um, she looked at my suitcase and she's like, where's your stuff? And I said, well, what, what, what stuff? And she's like, like, where's all your toiletries? And I unzipped this tiny little pouch of, you know, three products and she just was flabbergasted. She was like, well, I don't understand. Like, don't you, don't you use all of these things? And I was explaining to her, I said, I, you know, I used to be that person that needed a whole extra suitcase (laughs) just for their beauty products. And, you know, I am very similar to you now. I have a very small little pouch and then, um, you know, two or three things makeup wise. I love mascara and I love a bit of blush when I'm speaking maybe a little bit of powder to if there's a little bit of shine from the lights if I'm on stage. But that's it. I love your philosophy about stripping it back and simplifying less is more. And not only will your skin thank you for it, but also your bank balance. That's what it's all about. Coming back to being really mindful about where you're spending your money what you're spending your money on, and is it serving you, your health, and and your higher self? Before we wrap up, I just wanted to say thank you so much for doing the work that you do and for coming from a place of wanting to educate first. I love how passionate you guys at Mother Dirt are about educating people on the importance of simplicity, stripping it back, going back to how nature intended it to be. And I'm just so grateful that my husband and I stumbled across your products and just for all the work and educating that you're doing. So thank you so much. Oh, thanks so much, Melissa. Well, we're uh, likewise really thrilled. Um, You know, we'd already mentioned it before as we were chatting, but this is the most important part of, of what we do. Um, you know, as important as our products are, we believe that the conversation is is really the most important and most powerful thing uh, because it is a big shift in, in public health. Uh, and uh, that makes us very excited and it makes us very inspired. And um, 
so yeah, that's to say that these conversations are so meaningful to us. So uh, thank you for the thank you for the time um, and uh, and support in in all of that. Oh, pleasure! I can't wait to see what you guys come up with next. I'm very excited. We are too. We are too. Um, and I'm sure that we'll stay in touch, and we will absolutely uh, keep you posted. Please do. Thank you so much. Thanks, Melissa. So fascinating. I'm going to try and only shower once a week and see how smelly I get. Just kidding. No, seriously though. After this episode, go into your bathroom and pick up every single thing you use and read the ingredients list. If you don't know what something is, you can download the Think Dirty app, which is the easiest way to learn about the potentially toxic ingredients in your cosmetics and personal care products. All you have to do is scan the product barcode and Think Dirty will give you easy to understand information on the product and its ingredients. It is awesome. So go and do that. Check it out. Let me know how you go and please subscribe and leave me a five-star review if you liked today's episode because that means we can inspire more people together and I can get on more epic humans, which I know you want. And don't forget to tell me on Twitter who you would like me to interview and make sure you tag me at Mel underscore Ambrosini and the person you want me to interview using the hashtag the Melissa Ambrosini show. And for everything that we mentioned in the podcast today, you can check out in the show notes www.melissaambrosini.com forward slash 21. You can also check out all my other episodes there too. Thank you so much, beautiful angel, for being here, for wanting to be the best version of yourself and for being curious about your skin and what you use. You seriously rock and inspire me so much. Now, if there is someone in your life that you can think of would really benefit from this episode, please share it with them right now. And until next time, don't forget that love is sexy, healthy is liberating, and wealthy isn't a dirty word.